The way we view the book of Genesis can ultimately affect what we accept and believe about the rest of Scripture. And those beliefs, then, those presuppositions, affect how we interpret the rest of Scripture. And since all of Scripture is replete with advice on how we're to live, and that includes how we're to raise our kids, you could say that the way we interpret Genesis is directly connected to the way we teach and even view our kids. Does the Bible teach that our sweet little offspring are basically born evil? Are Junior's occasional unsavory behaviors the result of his intrinsic sin nature or the effects of a clinical disorder, or both? And can any presuppositions we have about Genesis being a history book, for example, ultimately shape the behavior, character, and value systems of our kids, or perhaps our entire families? We seek to answer the question, is Genesis history, next on Licensed to Parent. Well, hello and welcome once again to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program helping teens in crisis. I'm Rich Rosel, and our host on Licensed to Parent is Trace Embry, the founder and director of Shepherd's Hill. Now, Trace, our presuppositions really do have a lot of sway toward what we believe about any particular subject, and how we raise our kids is certainly no exception. Uh, As Christians, of course, we're supposed to take our cues for raising our kids from God and from the Word of God, the Bible. But what we believe about Scripture itself can often be rooted in what we believe about its very first book, Genesis. Mm -hmm. Now, whether it's a a literal account and historical view of of man's beginnings or if it's a, a mere figurative account, that plays a big part in how we apply, how we review, how we understand the rest of Scripture mm-hmm. and the rest of life in general. So uh, what are the implications for raising our kids if Genesis is, for example, merely a figurative tale? Well, that's a question uh, I'd like to reserve for today's guest. But, uh, you know, why wouldn't we take Genesis at face value like we would uh, you know, take any other book unless the content or the context tells us otherwise? Uh, and I don't read that it even implies being anything other than a historical account of, of a man's beginnings or the universe beginnings. Uh, the only reason I can think of for interpreting Genesis uh, in any other way is because it would appear to defy what a lot of secular scientists have concluded. Uh, Key word appears. Uh, but we have to delve deeper than mere appearances, Rich, because if we do buy into the premise that Genesis is figurative or something other than historical and that science is always final and exhaustive in all its conclusions, then, you know, I see then maybe we would have a problem. But uh, uh, scientists have very often had to reevaluate their conclusions down through history when more knowledge or evidence gets discovered on any particular subject. I mean, you probably learned in your science book that Pluto was a planet. And I'm sticking to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think it's important for our listeners to know that there are still a lot of scientists who believe uh, the Earth is young, and, and, and their yeah. beliefs are just as evidence-based as those who campaign for an old earth. Without understanding and accepting Genesis at face value as a history book, then why take any part of Scripture as literal or or historic, including the resurrection? Uh, Why not take the fifth commandment that says, honor your mother and your father figuratively, or, or mere poetry, or as a mere suggestion? If we can show our kids with good scientific evidence that perhaps Genesis is on the right side of history and truth here, then maybe more parents can help bring their kids to a place of accepting the truth of of, of Scripture as a whole. And and, and this means accepting Christ's atoning work on the cross and the validity of the fifth commandment and other scriptural truths and mandates about marriage and family and child-rearing. 
Uh, of course, the ideal result of belief in these things are, well, one, salvation for our kids. Sure. Uh, and two, raising kids who will honor and obey God and us as, as their parents. Because if Junior can accept the miracle of creation, then the resurrection ought to be a snap. And, <laughs> and, and, and that by itself, you know, should help make raising our kids a whole lot easier if, in fact, they're truly inhabited by the Spirit of the Lord. Yeah. Let me uh, now introduce our guest, though, and I'm very excited to have him join us. Dr. Del Tackett is former president of the Focus on the Family Institute and a former senior vice president of Focus on the Family. He created Focus on the Family's The Truth Project, which is a nationwide project to bring the Christian worldview to the body of Christ. Now, Dell served more than 20 years in the U.S. Air Force. He was appointed by President George H.W. Bush as the Director of Technical Planning for the National Security Council. He has a Bachelor of Science degree from Kansas State University, a Master of Science from Auburn University, and a Doctor of Management in Computer Science from Colorado Technical University. Uh, his many published works include pieces on worldview and cultural issues. He's a popular conference speaker, and in fact, uh, Dell speaks on topics such as American Christian heritage, Christian worldview, technical subjects, and management. And Trace, he might even be able to help us with our Wi-Fi issues here. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, we need all the help we can get there. Well, Dell, welcome to License Apparent, and thank you so much for your military service and for being with us today. Amen. Well, you are welcome, and it is a delight to be with you guys. Well, we'd like to talk to you uh, today about your, your new film, Is Genesis History, in the context of raising kids. But uh, first, I'd like to ask you what your, your uh, personal end game was for, for putting this film together. Well, the, the bottom line really was uh, part of the call that I, I sensed from the Lord originally when I was back at the White House, and that was that the uh, he broke my heart first of all for the state of the of the union and second broke my heart for the state of the body of Christ that we were weak and anemic and so mm. um i believe the first thing that had to happen was we had to build a biblical worldview in people and uh mm. and part of that is the the understanding that when we come to scripture uh we have to read it in the way that it was intended to be read and uh, the implications of, of turning away from Genesis being history are huge. You've mentioned a lot of them uh, already in the, in the, the first part uh, of this program. So I was compelled to do it just simply uh, because of the way things are trending in, in our seminaries and in some of our senior and well-known pastors. Yeah. You know, I have a, a nephew who attended a um, college in, in Wisconsin on a football scholarship. It was a Christian college, and his Bible teacher was not a Christian. <laughs> so right. that's the kind of insanity we're seeing today. Uh, in the jacket of the DVD, uh, you offer a pamphlet called A Useful Little Guide that, that comes along with the film. Um, in it, it states, many people think scientific facts speak for themselves. Can you share with our listeners why scientific facts don't always speak for themselves? Well, uh, certainly, one of the one of the very very important things for us to understand is that uh, when we use the word science today, we're only talking about the current scientific paradigm. There have been numerous paradigms that have arisen in the past, mm -hmm. and they have collapsed after a while because you know they just don't get everything right. And we are in uh, a paradigm that I believe is going to collapse as well. But it's uh, this current paradigm is wedded to naturalism, which means 
its conclusions are predetermined to always point to a natural cause. And so because of that, because they limit themselves, I, I use the phrase, they, they only live inside the box. They can't see outside of the cosmic box, the natural box. Mm -hmm. And so therefore they have to interpret data in light of that boundary around them. And because of that, I don't think they get, I don't think they get it all right, especially when science tries to point back to uh, answers that used to be called philosophical answers. Where did we come from? What's the meaning of life? Why am I here? And so, yes, I, I think we need to view science with a great deal of skepticism because of that. Mm -hmm. I know from what I do here at Shepherd's Hill that, that when you're doing something that really exposes the ploys of the devil or you're doing something that really impacts the kingdom of God, the devil always seems to dispatch his best artillery in your direction uh, to thwart your efforts. I'm just curious, uh, did you experience any unusual spiritual attacks when putting this project together? Is his uh, Genesis history? Oh, my goodness. Uh, it, it seems like ever since uh, I decided when I was back at the White House that I was going to walk away from all of that and uh, move towards doing whatever I could to get the body of Christ healthy, I, I have run into nothing but obstacles. Yep. Uh, now, that doesn't mean uh, that, uh, you know, we need to walk in such a way that, you know, we think there's a demon behind every bush. But we need, need to recognize, and that's why what we're talking about is so important, because the, the media and science and, and the universities, uh, academia and everything is going to tell us that we live in a natural world. There is no spirit. There is no spiritual warfare. There is no spirit in yeah, man. Right. There, you know, we're just, we're just uh, cause and effect machines. Uh, and when that happens, then we fail to understand why things are the way they are. And that yeah. includes, uh, as a Christian, uh, when we run into uh, obstacles and things, it's, it's possible it's part of that spiritual war yeah. uh, that we're supposed to carry on well, with. When parents and teachers show this film, uh, is Genesis History, what counter-arguments should they be preparing their kids to answer when, when atheists give a rebuttal to the film in an attempt to discredit it? Well, I think we're back, uh, first of all, to uh, talking about how uh, the current scientific paradigm wants people to think that it is uh, the absolute transcendent uh, answer for everything. And it's important for people to talk about how temporary scientific paradigms have been in the past, mm -hmm. and also to talk about how the current paradigm has wedded itself to a philosophy that will not allow itself to look at anything but natural causes. And so when it looks at life and it says, oh, well, this is a natural cause, <laughs> we should go, well, duh, you, you have to conclude that. Yeah. And, and I think, by the way, I think they need to have a couple examples. So, for example... When uh, Francis Crick, when he and, uh, uh, and Watson discovered DNA, and they're looking at millions and millions of lines of computer code, fully, fully formed, fully functional, fully debugged, and they knew that there wasn't enough time for this to randomly come into mm -hmm. place, instead of Crick pointing to a divine cause, he then came up with a theory that it came from outer space directed yeah. panspermia. <laughs> and, and we would say, well, that doesn't answer the question. It just puts it off. But see, he has to have an answer like that. Yeah. Because he's bound by this paradigm sure. 
to never point at divine cause. And so when people say, well, science is saying it, then you say, well, they have to say that. They have to say it. Yeah, I mean, and I think there's something to be said. If certain scientists don't play the game and work within that paradigm, then their articles don't get published. Their books don't get published. They get exactly. blackballed in the uh, in the industry as a whole. So uh, the deck is stacked. Well, I'm curious about this. I, I think most of us would probably put uh, medical doctors in the scientific field as being, you know, thoughtful people who research the science behind the human body. Um, yet I do know a number of doctors, both Christian and not, who do attest to certain healings being miracles because they flat out can't explain yeah. it. I appreciate that. Right. But, Dell, since, since so many of the arguments against the veracity of Scripture and specifically uh, this question about the book of Genesis, is it history or is it, you know, some, some wild story, since most of those arguments are themselves supposedly based on science, what would you say is the greatest piece of scientific evidence that supports the idea that Genesis really is a historical book and not just a, a fairy tale? Well, I think uh, one, I think there are numerous ones, but I think one is to go back to Mount St. Helens. Dr. Stephen Austin, uh, who, by the way, is a brilliant man. He was a child prodigy. And, mm-hmm. and the accusation that, that people who are creation scientists are just or stupid or ignorant. I mean, you have to look at some of these guys and say, you know, wow, their IQ is out of the roof. But Stephen Austin uh, says that Mount St. Helens is the Rosetta Stone for geology. In other words, we know how all of this happened. We know how the layers were laid down. We know how the canyons were carved out. We know how the granite in the mountain was melted away. We know how all of this happened. And, and, we should then take that, the known, and then look at the, the vast amount of layers that are all over the earth. And instead of concluding they were there uh, put down by millions and millions of years of sedimentation that we don't know where the sediment came from, mm-hmm. maybe we ought to look at the, a catastrophic event. Well, that is exactly what Genesis is telling us. Right. I've heard it said that um, for something like the Grand Canyon to occur or for something like Mount St. Helens to occur, you've got several factors, uh, time being one, uh, heat, pressure, water, you know, all these factor in. And by adjusting the numbers of each, you could potentially reach the same conclusion. As we saw with Mount St. Helens, five minutes did a lot of damage. And, you know, we, we've been hearing that the Grand Canyon could have taken you know, millions and millions of years. But if you increase the amount of heat, pressure, and water on the Grand Canyon, I, I think this is, is where your argument is leading, then the time factor can drop down to nothing because you've got oh, so sure. much of the other. And, oh, I don't know, creating the earth, that could take a bit of uh, water, a bit of pressure, and a bit of heat and, and make that same thing happen. <laughs> yeah, right. We have so many uh, examples of uh, places where water, uh, lots of water under a lot of pressure can melt things. Uh, in fact, most people don't know this. When they built the, uh, the, the dam that backs up the water, Glen Canyon Dam, they built some spillways, and they tested those at one point, and they started to run water through the spillways, so they stopped. Uh, because everything, I mean, the ground was shaking, and, and they saw the water, that spillway, melted the concrete, it melted the granite. Wow. I think um, you can actually cut steel with water, can't you? Yeah. Oh, yes, you can. Yeah. 
And uh, so if you, if you are open to the evidence and you look at the Grand Canyon, uh, there is evidence of a, of a huge lake that uh, we would say was probably left there after the flood. Now you have all of these layers that have been laid down. Uh, they're still relatively soft. And then that dam breaches, and all of that water washes down through there, and it can cut. It can cut mm-hmm. that Grand Canyon in in the matter of hours. Yeah. And uh, and in fact, more and more scientists are looking at the structure of the canyon, and they say, you know, this thing could not have existed for millions of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really does look as if that canyon were cut through a catastrophic event. And so if we're accepting the story of the flood, for example, which is supported well beyond a Judeo-Christian, you know, biblical uh, account, it's supported in many other uh, tales of the time. If we're saying that, then that even shortens the Grand Canyon that much more. It's not a matter of whether you're a young Earth or old Earth person. We're talking about something that's a few thousand years back. Yeah, the Grand Canyon is not even yeah. the only thing like that around. Right, there are other right. things like that around the. Oh, uh, there are the many, many other canyons like that. All and there are layers like that all over the world. Mm-hmm. And one of the arguments when you look at those layers that if they are millions of years old and there are millions of years between the layers, and yet there is no evidence, no significant evidence at all of of erosion, uh, then you have to then conclude, if you're open to it, if you're not bound, right. again, right. Uh, if you're open to it, then you say, well, these layers look like they were laid down in a hydrosorting mechanism like we see at Mount St. Helens, mm-hmm. like we can recreate in the lab. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, you know, I say this. I, I have been, I have heard uh, the, the flood stories that people groups have all over over the world. The Havasu uh, tribe in the Grand Canyon has, has a flood story they reenact every year. Uh, about about uh, you know God turning eight people into frogs and destroying the world because it was evil, and then the frogs came to life after the flood. It's, and if the Bible did not have a flood story, science would propose one. Yeah, and and the reason that they deny the evidence of the global flood and the destruction of the global flood is because. It points back to the historicity of the scripture. We're joined today on Licensed to Parent by our new favorite science and tech guy, Del Tackett. Uh, we've been talking about his film, Is Genesis History, which, by the way, is great for watching on your own, but also works in a class or Bible study setting. And you can learn more about it on the website, isgenesishistory.com. You can also connect with Dell and find out more about uh, the truth encounter at delltackett.com. And I will spell that at the end of the program. This is Licensed to Parent. You'll find us online at licensedtoparent.org. Back with more conversation right after this. In the training of our children, what role should public school play? Documentarian Colin Gunn takes a panoramic exploration of this issue by hopping in a school bus for a field trip all over America in the DVD Indoctrination. Colin conducts a series of candid interviews and discovers how God's recipe for training the next generation is being replaced with a humanistic, man-centered program that fragments the family and undermines the influence of the church and the Great Commission. Christian teachers and principals share how they're attempting to walk the tightrope between teaching what they do not believe and being restricted from their God-given call to be salt and light. 
Indoctrination, Public Schools and the Decline of Christianity in America. Available in the Licensed to Parent store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds support the Shepherds Hill Academy Student Scholarship Fund. Teen Rebellion, Depression, Addiction, Rage, Cutting, and Suicide are destroying our families today. But there is a way out. Shepherds Hill Academy offers a 12-month Christ-centered nonprofit residential program where kids are being transformed with a biblical worldview and often medication-free. Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias is just one of many Christian leaders who understands what's happening at Shepherds Hill Academy. It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherds Hill Ministries and licensed to parents to rescue those who have been seduced along the way. Uh, I cannot gainsay how important this is, and to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society. Get the help you need at Shepherds Hill Academy. Go to helpmytroubledteen.org, helpmytroubledteen.org. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent. You'll find us online at licensedtoparent.org. And again, as a reminder, all of our programs, uh, past and current, are available on our website. So if you'd like to hear some other conversations in the series, we invite you to go to licensedtoparent.org and then click on the broadcast link. Today, though, we're talking with Del Tackett about his new film, Is Genesis History? And as I mentioned before the break, this is something you can not only watch and enjoy on your own, but uh, it also works very well in a class or Bible study setting. And at the end of the program, I'll give you uh, the information on how you can get a copy of the film and the booklet that goes with it for your very own. Trace? Well, Del, why do you think that affirming Genesis as a legitimate history book rather than an allegory or a mere book of poetry is so important to a Christian's proper understanding of the rest of God and his word? Well, there, there are several reasons here. Uh, quickly, number one, uh, that if we are allowed to, I call it, liquefy the text, and you liquefy a text by declaring that it's not historical narrative, that it's metaphor or mythical or whatever, as soon as you declare that, then you can make it say whatever you want. Mm-hmm. People have tried to do that with uh, the birth, the life, and the death and resurrection of Christ turning it into another uh, genre, literary genre. And therefore, then they can say, well, you know, he didn't really rise from the dead. You know, this is just kind of the Christ spirit, that kind of a thing. So first of all, it's the criticality of seeing that the scripture needs to be read in the genre in which it was written. Mm -hmm. That's number one. Number two, if you then liquefy the Genesis account, then you have now misunderstood who we are as human beings. And for example, the, those who hold to an evolutionary view, Christians but hold to an evolutionary view, now Adam and Eve are no longer real. And their seminaries are teaching us a hominid group. Mm-hmm. Well, then therefore the fall is not real. Uh, the, the rise of death yeah. and violence and evil and sin. Now you have no reason for Christ to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of a sudden, the whole gospel then uh, becomes uh, a question. Yeah. And Jesus himself, 
who referred to Adam. He referred to Noah. He referred to Cain and Abel as if they were historical events. If they weren't, now we've got to question Jesus himself that he really didn't know. And so I really think that that the foundation of our understanding of God and all the things around us is resting there in those first chapters of Genesis, Mm -hmm. and that's why the enemy wants to liquefy it. Yeah, and and to do anything other than that, you you're creating chaos because you're anybody can create their own worldview based out of the presuppositions that they bring out of that. You mentioned the fall. How exactly uh, does what we presuppose about Genesis ultimately affect what we believe about the fundamental nature of our kids? If we want to take the current scientific paradigm and apply it to our children, then we have to look at our children as nothing but a cause and effect machine. Yeah. There is no spirit, there's no conscience, there's no mind. Right. And so if they act in a certain way, it's only because they're acting upon uh, certain causes. Mm-hmm. And they, bec- they become then uh, little machines themselves. Right. And you know, you've already, you've seen this, what's happening in the life of those young people you bring into your camps there. Right. There is a spiritual aspect of those young people. Absolutely. And that's what you're battling. Mm-hmm. And if you don't see that, then you, you battle in a natural world and you'll never win there. Dell, we're talking, of course, about your, your new film, Is Genesis History? Our goal here on Licensed to Parent is to equip parents to uh, better raise their kids to be more intentional so that they don't need a residential program like Shepherd's Hill. Um, how do you think your film could best be used by parents to uh, to bring their kids into this conversation uh, with the right perspective? Well, the uh, uh, Compass Cinema, the uh, producer of the film, has also created uh, a Bible study for the film. And I think the best way that parents could use it is to go through that Bible study with them. Uh, it's done very, very well. It breaks the film up uh, into segments, has some really great questions. So uh, I would say investigate that. Excellent. How can I get that? There is a website, isgenesishistory.com, and they can go on there and they'll find all of the materials that are being produced, including uh, a new DVD series, one of several that's just that will come out, called Beyond Is Genesis History that deals with just the rocks and the fossils. Uh, A lot of hours of interviews with these scientists that never made the film. Excellent. Yeah, I saw that on the website earlier today. And I also want to uh, commend to you Dell's film, The Truth Encounter, or film series, a great Bible study. Uh, You can find out more about that and more about Dell in general at DellTackett.com. That's Dell, D-E-L, Tackett, T-A-C-K-E-T-T, Dot com and uh, Dr. Tackett, uh, after you fix our Wi-Fi pro, uh, problem here, uh, we really appreciate you being on. I hope we Absolutely. can get you back another time. Yeah. And by the way, the Truth well, Project is another thing that that uh, Dell was uh, involved with, uh, which is yeah, we use it here. really blessed that, and uh, we're working on a follow-on to that teaching and the engagement. So, uh, you know, we'll just uh, see what the Lord has in store for us. You guys are doing great work there, and I appreciate all you're doing. Hey, thank you. Thanks bro. so much. God we appreciate you. it. And that wraps up this edition of Licensed to Parent. Again, you'll find us online at licensedtoparent.org. And please remember that the work we do here on Licensed to Parent is merely an extension of the work done every day inside the gates of Shepherd's Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis and, by extension, for their families. You can help that work continue through your tax-deductible gift that helps keep this radio program on the air 
and provide scholarships to families who can't afford residential care so that they can get the help they need for a teen who has nowhere else to turn. You can give securely online when you visit LicensedToParent.org and then click the Donate button. Again, LicensedToParent.org. Our guest coordinator on Licensed to Parent is Daniel Fasina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosal, inviting you to tell a fellow parent about us and then join us again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. We'll see you next time.